take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts 16, verse 25. Stand with us in reverence and honor to the reading of God's Word. Acts 16, 25. And I do want to make mention that inside of your bulletins there's a special announcement uh, about a ladies' Bible study on Thursday night. So please read that and come join those ladies and be a part of uh, part of that fellowship and part of that Bible study as they begin, uh, begin a new study there. We want to encourage you to be there and, and be a part of that. Acts 16.25, I want to read the text and I feel with all of my heart that today is not just a new Sunday. Uh, it's not just another Sunday, but we really feel as if it's a continuation from last week. Uh, from last Sunday morning and then on into Sunday night, we feel like today is just part of that service, that we're not finished yet with that service from last week. And so look with me in Acts 16, verse 25, familiar passage, but let's read right on down, and then I'm going to ask, I'm not going to be long, uh, I believe God has done the work in your heart, and I want to ask our musicians to be ready, we'll have an evangelistic appeal in just a minute during the invitation hour. But Acts 16.25, the Bible says this, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. We could preach all day on that, but let's move on. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Sometimes we'll just say on that verse, that it takes an earthquake in our life before God gets our attention. And that's what happened right here. Verse 27, And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he, th- he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. You may be seated, and may God add the blessings to the reading of his word. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you were here last Sunday morning? Just raise your hand. Amen. Just about everybody. Put your hands down. How many was here last Sunday night? Raise your hand. All right. Just just about the majority in both cases. Well, let let me just back up just a moment to last Sunday morning. We spoke Sunday morning about, uh, about the operation of God's Spirit in salvation. Now, listen to me. The reason that we are here in Acts 16, 25, yes, there was a lost man. That's the jailer who needed to be saved. Yes, there was an earthquake that rattled him and and a great responsibility then fell on him and he was going to kill himself. Uh, But 
he comes to Paul and Silas and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, I don't think it was just the earthquake that brought this jailer uh, to the feet of Paul and Silas to learn about salvation. I believe God had been working in the heart of this jailer long before the earthquake. Maybe God started working in the heart of this jailer as he was beating Paul and Silas. Maybe God started working in him as they were praising and praying thanksgiving after having been beaten. Maybe that's what God used. But God has brought you here this morning and God has used something in your life. God has been doing a work in your heart uh, to make you realize the need to be saved and genuinely born again by God above. So last Sunday morning we preached on that, we preached, we mentioned three people. We mentioned Nicodemus. Now watch this. Nicodemus was lost, but Nicodemus was also, he was very religious. Nicodemus in today's times, if you take that Greek language, in today's times Nicodemus would have been the pastor of the largest Baptist church in town. He would have had a doctoral degree. He would be the president of one of the largest seminaries of America. He would be known as Mr. Bible because he was a Bible scholar. Uh, He was a ruler of the Jews, the Bible says. That is credential field as an individual. But when he came to Jesus with all of those credentials and all of that religion, he was a lost man. And Jesus gave him the, the message of salvation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him Not an intellectual belief, because an intellectual belief won't take you to heaven, but it's a belief in your heart that results in a life-changing experience where your life's never the same. And then we looked over at the eunuch in Acts chapter 8. Here's an Ethiopian eunuch. He was riding through the desert. He had been to church. And not only had he been to church, but he was reading the Bible. He was reading Isaiah about the suffering servant and yet this man was lost. Philip came alongside of him and said, do you know what you're reading? And he says, how can I know what I'm reading unless some man explains it to me? And then he wants to know, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip tells him, if you just believe with your heart, you too can be baptized. And he got saved. So he was a religious man, been to Jerusalem to worship, but he was a lost man, and he got saved. And then we read about Lydia, which is really such an interesting story to me because Lydia was a businesswoman. And while she was out of town on business, while she was out of town on business, she went to church on that morning. She found where they were having a prayer meeting. She went to that prayer meeting to pray and have church even while she's out of town on business But Paul, when he came down there and met with those women by the river and he began to preach Jesus, the Bible says her heart was open and she became converted and saved and all of her house too because of the testimony of her. So here was a religious woman, but she had never had a genuine salvation experience. Now I know that we spoke of the new birth from John chapter 3. We spoke of childbearing in their natural bodies as you women do and and, and, and that labor process, that laboring process, it can last you know, four or five hours or it can last two days as you're in labor and you have labor pains. But somewhere along the way, there is a defining moment, a definite moment, 
where those pains bring to fruit a newborn baby. And it is, there is a certain place and a certain time when that baby is born. And on that birth certificate, there is a date and a time where that child of yours was born. They don't put a time range. They don't put the length of labor, 20 hours or 30 hours, God help your soul if that's been you. But, but they put that definite time when that baby emerges and birth takes place as to the, the moment and time of birth. And that's the way it is with salvation. These religious people we've mentioned, they, they, uh, they were drawing near and they were getting close and there were birth pains, if you will. And then in each of those experiences, there was a place and a time where they become saved and where they become born again. And now somebody may say, may make this statement, Preacher, you're, you're trying to just cause doubt, you're trying to cause confusion, you're trying to make me doubt my salvation. Now hear me again. One more time, let me say this. You won't make me doubt what I have. The devil's done been there and tried that. And I've been back to the cross and I've anchored it down there. Not once, but many times I go back. And I simply just confess anew in my heart. That yes, I believe inside of my heart of hearts the Lord Jesus and that God raised Him from the dead, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draw Him, and, and that He is our salvation. And, and so the devil's done had me there. You can preach all morning, sing until you can't sing anymore, but you won't make me doubt what I got. And so if you're plagued with doubt and troubles, and you don't like this line of thought from the Word of God, then maybe you need to really do a checkup yourself. And don't let it make you nervous. Don't let it make you fearful. God's just trying to bring you into the family. God's just trying to get you born again and let you be saved by His grace. I can stand here, I can stand, listen, it wouldn't take me 30 seconds to tell you about the moment I was saved. Uh, but it would take me three hours to tell you about the conviction and the leading of God that got me to that place where I could be saved. That was drawn out in lengthy, but when I finally yielded, God saved me like that. And so we come to Acts 16.25, and here's what I want to say. Acts 16.25 and the following verses that we read. Here's a man that God had been dealing with. God had shaken his heart. God had brought about circumstances that brings him to the place where he falls on his knees before men whom he had just beat. And he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You were here last Sunday night. You heard us preach on when it is impossible to be saved. Whether you believe it or not, there is a time when you cannot be saved. If you reject God's plan of salvation, the Bible teaches us that God's Spirit will not always strive with man, that God's only going to convict and convict for so long, and then one day you'll cross God's deadline as J. Harold Smith preached. I don't know where that's at. I don't know how far God will go with a man or a woman. I don't have the answers to that truth. But all I know is, is that He's only going to knock for so long, and then He'll quit knocking. He'll only offer that gift for so long, and then... He won't offer that gift anymore. And what I believe with all of my heart is I prayed and prepared this week and, and even yesterday, I think somebody left here last Sunday. Last Sunday. 
who still yet, you're not saved. You're religious. You're a church member. You're a good upstanding member of society. You've been a good wife. You've been a good husband. You've been a good son or a good daughter. But as far as a genuine conversion experience, you've never had it. You've never been there. You joined the church, yes. You were baptized, yes. Grandma and Grandpa were godly cornerstones in the community, yes. But as far as having a genuine experience of your own, you've never had that. You say, preacher, what, what must I do to be saved? What exactly are, how come, preacher, you're making it hard for folks to be saved? No. No, you're saved by, by grace and faith in Him. You don't have to do anything to be saved. See, that's just it. When I ask you, how do you know you've been saved? And you say, well, I've been a church member. I remember I was baptized. I've sung in the choir. I led the ladies group. I was over the men's Bible study and prayer club. And, 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 uh, and I helped organize funeral meals. And I've sung solos. No, no, none of that will save you. When I ask you if you've been saved, the only when God asks you one day, why should I let you into my head? The only answer He's looking for is, is because I put my faith and my belief in what Jesus did for me. Amen. That's the only way to get into heaven. Amen. I come through, uh, I come through my my driveway there yesterday. Colton, you or Elizabeth or Martha or whoever is going to do a hymn of invitation, if you would. Just come on and, and, and go ahead and even begin that just right now because we believe God moved in this service to lead us right up to this very place. And, and listen to me, this is what it's all about. This is why we're here, that men and women and boys and girls may be saved and born again. And I'm glad last Sunday that some folks got it right and got it anchored down. I wish you'd hear some of those testimonies. Some of them said, I thought I'd been saved for X many years but I knew that I really never had been. But I know now that I'm saved and that I'm born again by God's grace. Oh, preacher, you're just, you're just, got, you're just trying to see people saved all over again and again. No, no, I'm, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm extending my heart and the burden of my soul that you know, that you know, that you know, that your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That you know that you got it. Time and again, people have told me that they came and they fell in an altar and they, they didn't pray anything and that they just come up and people prayed around them and then they got up and it was all done. No. No, you, you must confess. You must confess your sins and your need to be saved. God saved my soul, for without you, my sins will send me to hell. That's what it takes to be saved. We're not preaching to drug addicts today. We're not preaching to harlots. We're not preaching to bank robbers or thieves. We're preaching to good people. Good, moral, upstanding, religious individuals who just have never had a genuine conversion experience. The burden of my heart today is, is that we left here last Sunday and by the way, last Sunday, let me say this. Last Sunday night, when we preached on when it's impossible to be saved, I believe last Sunday night was somebody's last chance. But you come and you got saved. 
I believe the burden and the weight of that message was all on you. God drew a line in the sand. It was God's deadline for you, but you come and you got saved before it's too late. I know that because the burden, that burden and that weight of that message last Sunday night was lifted off of me when we left God's house. But I still believe today that I believe that there's somebody that left here Sunday night, maybe left here Sunday morning, whom God was dealing with in great conviction, whom you as this Philippian jailer, you would say this morning, what must I do to be saved? Here's what you do to be saved. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Preacher, how do I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Preacher, I believe in my mind. I believe all up here. I believe in a man named Jesus. I believe he died. I believe in Easter. I believe he died on a cross and he rose again. Preacher, I believe every bit of that. Yes, in your mind you do. The Bible says the devils in hell believe. They believe all of those gospel facts. They believe Bible doctrine more so than your average Baptist believes Bible doctrine but they cannot be saved and they are not saved and nor will they ever be. Why? Because they cannot repent. The devils of hell cannot repent. But you, I'm asking this morning, the difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him is what you do in your heart with the Lord Jesus Christ. You were here last Sunday morning. You come Sunday morning and then you come back Sunday night, but you stayed in your place. I don't know who you are. I wouldn't have a clue. Sometimes I can point people out and say that person was under conviction. That person needed to be saved. But this morning I really don't know who it is. I simply am here this morning as the messenger to let you know God knows. God knows you left last Sunday night or you left last Sunday morning. You've thought about it all week long. Maybe you've been thinking about it for the last two weeks. About genuine salvation, being saved, being born again. And all week long, God's been dealing and God's been bringing earthquakes into your life or God's been stirring and dealing with you in compassion and grace. God has carried you here today and He's brought you here today so that by an act of faith, an act of belief, you can be saved. What would it take this morning, preacher? I'll tell you what it'll take in just a minute. It'll take for you to walk this aisle. That's how you believe. That's your confession of salvation that you believe so much inside of your heart that you're willing to step out on faith and you're willing to make your way to an old altar where God can save your soul. Not what this church can do for you, not what this preacher can do for you, because I stand today as a sinner preaching to sinners. I'm a sinner saved by grace, but I've been where you're at. I thought I was saved all of those years. And if you would have asked me for the first 25 years of my life, what's wrong with you? I would have said, I'm just backslidden. I'm just backslidden. I'll get it right one day. I'll get in church one day. I'll go back one day. And really, inside of my mind, I decided I was never going back. The problem was I was lost. And God showed me my lostness, my lost condition. And I was able to be saved. I come through my parking lot last night, walking up, or yesterday, walking up from my dock, and I come across an old rough, worn-out dime. It had been run over. I don't know how long it had laid there. And I picked it up, and God said, that's ten. He said, that's ten. I said, yeah, Lord, we had nine saved last Sunday morning. Some rededications, I mean, nine saved last Sunday, some rededications. Three Sunday morning were saved, uh, six saved on Sunday night. I said, we had nine, Lord. He said, yeah, but there's ten. 
There's one that ain't been saved yet. And that one's here this morning. Now, I don't know who you are, but God knows who you are, and you know who you are. That's the most important thing. Last Sunday, there was such great conviction in this church. God stirred and opened our hearts and opened our eyes. Men and women, some boys and girls come and got in this altar and were saved. Because God in conviction had drew them and wooed them. And God's been drawing you all week long to bring you here today. That's why you're here this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you to bow your head. Close your eyes. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Here's what you do this morning. By an act of faith, by an act of faith, you believe. Stepping out of that pew and beginning the journey down these aisles. God let you see miracles last Sunday. You tasted of the heavenly gift. You tasted the powers of the world to come. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, you have been a partaker of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God dealt with you. But you just need to make that step and take that walk to be born again this morning. Somewhere in this church, there's a grandmother that may need to be saved. There's a daddy that may need to be saved. There's a son or a daughter that may be saved. Somewhere in this church, there's a choir member that may need to be saved this morning. Somewhere in this church, there's a worker. Somewhere in this church, there's, there's a grandpa. Somewhere in this church, there's a lost man, woman, boy, or girl today. You must be born again. You must be born again. What shall I do to inherit the kingdom of God? You must experience the second birth, the new birth, the Bible says. While nobody's looking, I want you to do this this morning. I want you to just raise your hand up and say, Preacher... I'm here today because God's dealt with me since last Sunday. God's been dealing with my heart. I'm a good person. I'm religious. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good mother, father, son or daughter. But inside of my heart of hearts, I've not had a genuine salvation experience. I can't go back and tell you when my heart was broke because of sin, and I said yes to Jesus and His grace, I can go back and take you to baptism. I can go back and take you to church membership. I can go back and take you to fellowship functions I cooked for, people I visited and ministered to, but I can't go back and take you to where my heart was broken because of my sin, and I cried to Jesus to save me. Preacher, that's me. I need it. Will you pray for me? Raise your hand. Nobody's looking. Raise your hand and let me see. I'm not going to call your name. You know that. Raise your hand up. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Be sure I see it now. Be sure I see it. I believe there's a hand went up that I missed. Martha, you sing. And while Martha sings and you're praying, church, praying for the salvation of that lost soul, I'm going to ask you to come right now. Come. Quickly come, step out. Softly and yeah. tender, 
right. Church, everybody's praying right now, praying for you. Standing at today, are you in the back of the church? On the you're in the middle of the church, are you up here in the front? And watching, watching for you I've been struggling with this. Me. I've got to settle this today. Come, come. home. I'm lifting up Jesus to you. He's the only way. Mama can't get you there, and Daddy can't either. church member, a lady, there's a lady in this church who knows you're saved, would you come and plead for a soul, plead for the soul of that lady, God's laid on my heart that they'd be saved, would you do that, now they're praying for you, it'll never be any easier, it'll never be any easier for you to be saved, heaven is coming down, prayer is surrounding you and building a wall to head you in. That you, recognizing your lost condition, will come and be born again. Martha, sing and come. Step out and come right now. Come. Time now is fleeting. I see the you moving. I'm going to meet you. Come. That's right. God's with you. From you. You left here last Sunday morning or Sunday night knowing that you need to be saved. Come. Shadows you moved down that aisle or down this aisle over here, down the middle. I'm going to come over coming, and meet you and I'll walk with you. Coming for you and That's right, today's the day. Come. Don't miss God did it with your heart. Oh, it's time. Yeah. Dear sir, step out. Dear ma'am, step out. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, so much, God, that you're the man burden that he has. Lord, he's praying for family. God, I wish that we'd all, Lord, have such a burden for those we love. Touch him, God, I pray in honor and prayer to God, this young man, this, this young soldier. My heart's troubled for you this morning. I'm troubled. Won't you come? Got a burden in my heart about this. God set things in motion last Sunday. God's carried you through this week. It's time now. It's time. God's willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now the Bible says it's high time that we awake. We realize that our salvation is so near. Won't you come right now? Come right now. God's dealing with you. I know that He is. Martha, sing us one more verse. For a church member this morning. Asking God for a church member. Pass me not a gentle Savior. Never be nearer than you are this morning. Did the Spirit of God draw you? Listen to me, lost person, church member, religious. With all of my heart, I plead for you. I, I'm not trying to make anybody get unsaved, to get saved again. It don't work like that. No, you save one time. When he saves you, he does it right the first time. My concern is for that person who is resting their assurance in works and in things that you have done. But when I've come to the cross time and again to make sure myself I have to come and I say Lord there's nothing I bring. There's no good thing in me. But Lord I'm here because of all that you've done. That's what I'm counting on to get me into heaven. And if you're trusting in the person and the work of Jesus with all of your heart, that's enough to get you in. That's the only thing that will get you in. So this morning we're drawn, we're led right back to that religious but lost individual. Good, 
moral upstanding, but never been saved. Do you know that you know? If you died right now today, where would you spend eternity? Well, I think I'll go to heaven, preacher. That's not good enough. You don't want to gamble on eternity. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not good enough. Well, preacher, I feel pretty good about it. That's not good enough. Oh, when I ask you where you'll spend eternity, you need to know so. You need to say, heaven, because my name is written down up there. Because God saved my soul. I'm thinking right now about the story, and I can't remember if it's J. Harold Smith that told it. I don't think so. But of a banker who stood in a service just like this after having experienced just what we've experienced in days gone by. And he was a young man, and he stood there, and he began. He came under conviction. He was a church member. He gave to the work of God. He was used of the Lord in the way in the areas where he ministered. And God started convicting him, and he stood right there, and he said, No, that's not me. As the invitation drew on and on, he was arguing within himself. He said, Lord, that's just not me. I'm not that lost man. Lord, look what I've done. I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done this, and I've done that. And God says, No, you're that lost man. And the Spirit asked him, said, How sure are you that you've been saved? That, by that man's own testimony, he testified after the service was over. He said he told the Lord, I'm 99% sure that I'm saved. And as he stood and testified, he said the Spirit told him while he was sitting out in the congregation that if you're 99% sure, then you're 100% lost. And he left his pew and he come down and he got saved. Then he stood and gave a testimony of the salvation God brought to him. How sure are you? We're dealing with eternal things this morning. We're not dealing with this or that or ten steps to prosperity or wealth or health or all of that stuff. We're dealing with eternity today. You've been on your feet, you're tired, and other folks here are tired as well. We're not trying to draw things out at all. But I quite simply don't want to leave this church going to somebody who's lost and has never been saved knowing that somebody thinks they're saved, but they've never genuinely been saved. So with your head bowed one more time, you are that banker who stood right there in church and re tried to reason with the Spirit of God, tried to convince God that they were saved, trying to convince themselves that they were saved. And yet he knew inside of his heart of hearts that he was not and had not. He was afraid that the day might come when he could not. And he came and he was saved at the end. That's right. You're that man. You're that woman reasoning right now. Reasoning within yourself. But i got to be. Sure I am. I've done this. I've done that. Is that you this morning? Will you at least raise your hand and acknowledge to me that you're reasoning in your heart right now trying to talk yourself into the fact that you're born again? You raise your hand and let me see it. Preacher, I'm really wrestling right now. I'm really wrestling with this in my mind. Raise your hand and let me see your hand. I just want to know who you are so I can pray for you. I may not even know your name, but I'll pray for you. 
Will you raise your hand up? Let me see. Bless your heart, sir. I knew God was dealing with you before you raised your hand. I see that hand. I knew it. The Lord, Lord spotted you out to me. That don't happen often. That don't happen often. Most of the time, I don't know. But every now and then, the Lord will draw my attention to someone. Somebody else raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm really trying to talk myself into this. I'm trying to convince the Lord myself, too, that I've been saved. Will you pray for me, preacher? Will you raise your hand up? Raise your hand and let me see your hand. I'm going to pray for you. I won't call your name out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not a dummy. Raise your hand up and let me see it. Let me pray for you. Preacher, I'm reasoning in my heart that I need to be saved. I saw everything that took place last Sunday morning and Sunday night. And it's caused me to think all week long and want to get it right. Will you raise your hand up and let me see it? Yeah? Will you raise your hand up? Arthur, I'm going to do something. I'm going to ask you to sing another verse of that. While everybody's praying, Danny, I'm going to ask you to come right here to the front. And Ira, I'm going to ask you to come right here to the front. And I'm going to get down here behind this sacred desk up here in this pulpit. And I'm going to pray for you, dear ma'am. And I'm going to pray for you, dear sir. And I'm going to call out to God for you. And these two men up here, they're going to meet you in this altar when you come. And I'm going to pray. And I can't get you into heaven with my prayers alone. But I'm praying that God will loose you. God will set you free and that the demons and the devils that hold you in your spew, that hold you in your seat, that Christ would rebuke them for He's greater, He's the mightier man of the house. And that you'd be able to step out. And dear sir, if you'd take one step, dear ma'am, if you'd take one step, under God the Spirit would carry you the rest of the way to this altar. Won't you come? I'm about to labor for you when Martha sings. And you move and you make your way now. You come before it is everlasting too late. You come while you call on Jesus. Settle this thing and get it anchored down now. Don't let nothing stop you and nothing to distract you. You come. These men are here to lead you. Martha, you sing. Johnny, let me pray right here. Let Father God, Lord, have we pray in Jesus' We pray, oh Lord God, for that man, Lord, or that woman, or that boy or girl. Lord, who's made that acknowledgement, God, within themselves, Lord, and for their time to talk themselves into salvation. Lord, we know, God, that, Lord, it's you who saves. It's not me. It's not my man. There in deep oh, but God, it's holy by you. So, Lord, won't you lift them wrong? Lord, won't you lose them? And God, won't you just set them free? God, I pray. Oh, God, the very thing that holds them in their pew, God, I pray that, Lord, you'd lose them, God, and let them, God, take the first step because we know the first step's the hardest. But, God, after that, we know that the Spirit of God carries us, Lord, and leads us and walks with us. And, God, sometimes it's even so that salvation takes place before they bow because, God, repentance happened in their heart on the first step. God, I'm praying that, Lord, you'll do this because we can't do it, God. We plan, we preach. Lord, salvation is not of me, but it's of you. Open their mind and give them understanding and most of all, open their heart and let it be that this is the day. This is the day that, Lord, salvation would come to their house. Oh, God, they've got a family that needs you. Maybe a wife, maybe children, maybe a mama, maybe a daddy or brother or sister. And God, Lord, you do this work of salvation in their heart, Lord, how we and God, we are desperate today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. my wounded, broken spirit. Please come.
Step. Savior, Just one step. Save. 